So if I start the show with what up, what up, what up, and then go into some advertising pitch, do you think our ratings and uh, listenership will go up just like it does for that other car podcast? So, you want to talk about cars, Ferrari, GTO, Bentley, CRX, and even down to your great-granddad's peerless. Welcome to No Driving Gloves, the Car Talk Authority, where experience, knowledge, and controversy share the same seat. Enjoy the ride. Now your hosts, John and Derek. Yo, 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 John, it sure will. Get in on. Or should we just say, welcome to No Driving Gloves, everyone. You know, you're getting an adventurous ride where we might say some things that we shouldn't and a lot of things. And obviously like there's two, two of us here recording. Well, maybe one and a half. Yeah. Well, actually, it's two and a half. The little dog's in here in the studio participating. So if you're here on the mic, that's the dog. What we're here to do is talk about the land of the car, the land of the free, the sunny state of California, right? Wait a second, John, because a lot of the automotive podcasts, other than your favorite, No Driving Gloves, come out of California. How much longer are they going to be able to have automotive podcasts in California? They're going to have a lot of them. They're just going to be brought to you by General Electric. No. Or or uh, is PG&E still around, Pacific Gas and Electric? Uh, I believe so. I believe, I believe I've heard them yell about it. But you're right. Podcasts could go away because they might not have the electricity in the grid to allow them to power their studio. Exactly. We will quickly become number one in the automotive podcast. Look at that. Maybe. We've moved up. I mean, every now and then we'll get into the top 50, which... I'm I'm really happy for a couple of guys from the Midwest that don't have access to press cars. Note to the manufacturers that do listen. A bill to install cameras has landed on Governor Newsom's desk at the moment when pedestrian deaths are spiking nationwide. These aren't cameras in restaurants. And there's actually a website you can go to to figure out where all the cameras are in California. But California, the land of the free, I can't necessarily the home of the brave. Actually, it is the home of the Braves, isn't it? No, the Braves are in Atlanta. Sorry. Yeah, Atlanta. How'd you know the answer to that? That's sports. Because I live like four hours. <laughs> Due to the spike in pedestrian deaths in California, there is now a push to add speed cameras in California. Pedestrian deaths have risen uh, 77% to almost 70, just over 76 in 2000, 2012. So. To clarify, that rise in pedestrian deaths is due to vehicular impacts. Which is interesting because I was seeing a car back into a parking spot. And I go, "Mm, you know, that's really not a bad looking Accord. And I go, wait a second, that's a Mercedes. Now, I should easily be able to tell the difference. But because a few years back, 15, maybe 20, they changed all these laws on the front end structure of vehicles to make them safer for pedestrian impact. That's why we lost all the really wedge-shaped cars and stuff, and all the noses are flat and tall, because you have to make impact above the knees to allow the person to fall under your hood. I, obviously, those aren't working, or are we just driving much faster? This bill has until October 14th for Governor Newsom. For those not aware, Governor Newsom is Governor of California. 
and it would allow a handful of cities, including San Francisco and Los Angeles, to install cameras on a trial basis. I normally am against traffic. What's your feeling on Derek? I am not a fan of them. I, I don't believe, and I think I'm trying to remember if it was, anyway, recently there was a state that had been using uh, traffic cam and actually got sued over it. And they came to the, the you know, justice system came to inclusion that they could not use the traffic cameras and on a computer system that would just automatically detect and it, it was all computer based. They they decided that to enforce traffic laws, it has to be done by an officer of the law. So the only way they can use traffic cameras is to prove that those cameras are being monitored by an officer of the law and he is he or she is making the judgment of whether or not someone gets a ticket. I do not believe that traffic cameras to enforce traffic laws should be. I mean, it's just... Well, they've always been known as revenue. Red light cameras have always been controversial because anywhere they seem to be used, the percentage of rear-end accidents goes up because certain people are afraid of running the red light because of the camera or entering on, you know, the light just clicked to yellow, so they slam on their brakes as opposed to following the law and proceeding through the intersection. Remember, mm -hmm. yellow is prepare to stop, not stop, prepare to stop. Now, some jurisdictions are a lot more stringent on yellow infractions than others, but I think a good attorney will assist you with that if you have proof you on yellow. Hence, I'm a big supporter of dash cam. But I did look up what she said. They're kind of related to what she said. Maine, Mississippi, New Hampshire, New Jersey, South Carolina, Texas, West Virginia, and Wisconsin prohibit state or speed cameras via state law. And Missouri's Supreme Court issued two rulings in 2015, which found that red light, red light and speed cameras were unconstitutional and speed cameras are no longer used anywhere in the state it's as of September 26, 20. And I'm sure there are certain jurisdictions, and there's another article here that says ticket camera rules addressed in at least 19 states. I'm going to say red light cameras I'm totally, totally against unless they are only activated. I guess I'm good with a red light camera that, say, turns on the moment the light turns red and it's more of a video camera and it pays attention to anybody who's going through against the red. But then that video does need to be reviewed by a police officer, etc. So in almost every, I guess, every traffic light would almost have to have a police officer you know, watching it. Eight hours of traffic footage for one light should be eight hours of cop watching it. So, yeah, there's inefficiencies, but you figure if they nail two or three violators per hour, it should cover the wage camera monitor. And I think that's all we're, we're remember, we're not generating revenue, supposedly. We're protecting and making the public safer. So I think if it's a break-even proposition, plus look at all the people we have. Every stoplight, you, if we employed one person for every stoplight at a reasonable re wage, reduced unemployment to almost zero, I believe. Because all well, you got to do is sit there and watch TV. Uh, there, there's the, see, this is where California is going to be really good at this because they're the land of Hollywood and cameras. So this is going to be really easy for California. Ah, here's a good 
maybe it's a nice. Why do they use like three font? You got to make it pretty. A lot of font. Way too. This would have been a show. It really gets heavy. I'm going to link this article in the show notes. It lists the 18 states where automated ticketing is banned. And it actually goes through all 18 states and breaks down each place where the infraction. I mean, it really it quotes the like New Jersey uh, traffic, whatever, 39 colon 44 dash 103.1 radar photo radar defined usage prohibited. And then it goes through all the little things and photo radar may not be used except in schools and in other areas we had have posted speed limits of 30 miles per hour pretty detailed with some of these and then other states are just links to their vehicle but i'll put that in the show notes because you don't want me reading to you for the entire episode but what i found interesting about this california proposal if signed the legislation would allow california 205 communities in 21 states where speed cameras are in use and have been widely credited with slowing drivers. I don't think this will necessarily slow drivers the way. Well, that was going to be my question, John, is how do they plan on these cameras slowing drivers down? Because I'm going to say this, and I mean, one of the things that physically slows people down in, yeah, when they're on the roadways is when they physically see an officer in their car sitting there monitoring traffic and likely running their radar gun and i mean that's that is the visual impact that a lot of people need to be reminded that they need to slow down i guess that's one of the things i've never really understood about cameras and you know is is you know there's right there's two sides to the argument here which is number one well nobody sees them so they're going to keep speed and they'll get a ticket a week or two later in the mail or however fast the system can process that ticket a week later. Yep. I was speeding. I got to pay this ticket. And yes, I mean, then the flip side of that is, well, with cameras, we catch more people and get more in trouble, which, okay, understandable. But if you are aiming, your sole purpose is aiming to slow down. To me, it's better to have that large visual of, oop, there's a police officer. I'd better slow down and, and think about my speed. Uh, that's just the way I look. Yeah, see, and I'm surprised. This is why we probably work so well together. I disagree with you. <clears throat> I hate the police car um, on the side of the road because you're flying. You're going down the interstate, 80, 85 miles an hour, 90, 100, wherever you're. And, and you're going with traffic. And then all of a sudden, somebody ahead of you sees a police car and slams on their brakes to drop from 85 to 70 immediately. And then everybody else slams and effectively slows everybody down, slows down traffic, backs up traffic for literally miles and miles and miles. And then as soon as you're by the cop and they're out of your rearview mirror because radar can't go any farther than your rearview mirror, can you? they accelerate right back up to the speed all it does is slow people down in a dangerous manner for half a mile. I don't think that's <clears throat> the purpose of it. Okay, so I, I agree with that on, on highways, on the interstate, you know, things like that. But thinking about on like two lane, you know, roads in, say, in, the, in a town, in a city, around a school zone, places like that, uh, I think it's a little more effective reminding people. But yes, on, on the interstate, it's it's dangerous. 
in school zones, and we'll just go down to a residential area, school zone, I think it still has the same same effect. It might put put the cop just like you have a cop, at, you know, in every school now. You put a cop at every school zone during, I guess, when kids are going, getting in and out using the crosswalks, etc. Children, when children are present and you're supposed to slow down to 15, 20, 25, depending on the speed limit. I believe people slow down a little bit in most instances. You're supposed to get off the cell phone. That doesn't happen unless a police car is sitting there. You might be correct, but it's, I think it helps. But I, I don't know if that cop's really going to do anything for most infractions, unless it's just a completely blatant thing and going through a 20 at 30 while on the phone. Yeah, then that cop might do. I don't see the problem as much in neighborhoods. But again, this California law is actually citing, you know, pedestrian deaths in a neighborhood discusses a child that was uh, killed while walking to school because of a, you know, someone speeding. It doesn't really give the circumstances where they in a crosswalk, were they on the sidewalk. Did somebody blow through a stop sign? Was that a, an additional infraction that killed this unfortunate child? I look, I still look at it as it, you know, the, the bigger picture that uh, speeding and I go through a community quite often when I'm driving out to the lake that has an old Dodge Charger painted black and white resembles the police cars for the municipality. Not exactly. And they have, I'm assuming he's plywoods. He's been there years, but he could be a cardboard cutout sat in this car and they move the car around. So it's trying to do what you say, but everybody's used to it. I left to go to the lake yesterday about two in the afternoon. And it's a four lane road that goes, you know, comes out of Birmingham at 50 miles an hour and goes up to 55, 65, drops down to 45 and goes back, you know, works its way back up to 65. And I got whatever group I got stuck coming out of Birmingham with, less than 70, you were going to get killed. And I'm somebody who pretty much adheres to the speed limit anymore within five miles an hour. I find I plan. I don't rush, especially when I'm working because I get paid by the hour. May as well. And I get much better gas mileage. I don't speed. So overall, I net more money. It was uncomfortable to drive. It was just really flat dangerous because everybody's jockeying for position. Everybody's trying to go 80 or 90 miles an hour. And I finally turned off to get gas, which below $3 a gas yesterday in is pretty good in Birmingham. Derek's. We won't get into gas prices and that. And when I re-entered the road after getting gas and everything, that whole speed group was gone. And it was back to, you could drive close to the speed limit, get in the right lane and drive 65 miles an hour or 68 miles an hour and not have any problem. And I find that reassuring, but that decoy cop car didn't help or, you know, slow people. And if you would have had another real cop car, all that would have created was all all of the immediate braking. Where I think speed cameras are effective, like you said, you go, you're driving along, two weeks later, you get a ticket in them. I think the unknowing, if you're being watched, is more of the preventive. I mean, eventually you would learn where the speed cameras are, and my GPS pops up, speed camera ahead, or traffic camera that are actively using speed cameras. But traffic camera ahead, eventually those would end up, you know, get Apple Maps and things. But just the fact you don't know if a new one's been installed in that, I think would inherently slow people down a little bit. Where I get, 
get the problem is is the uh, when you're driving the back back highways and stuff, which I much preferred it in the interstate. You get the speed traps where you know the, the speed limit drops from 65 to 35 in a matter of 12 feet, and they expect you to be at the speed limit when you hit that 35 mile an hour, mm-hmm. and the cop sitting, like I said, 16 Just feet behind it, ready to write you a ticket. I've always had the thought process. Well, if I'm supposed to be going 35 when I hit that sign, aren't I supposed to be going 65 when I hit the 65 sign? So can I start accelerating to 65 before I get there? No, there's supposed to be a slowdown area acceleration. And if you legalize speed cameras, they're going to start just sticking those cameras on the back of, you know, the 35 Mm -hmm. mile an hour sign and get you the moment you cross. And then it becomes a revenue generator and... They don't even need to pay the cop. To, now now we've got cop to red light cam. There's good and bad. If speed cameras are used the way they should be designed, maybe instill a little bit of fear that, hey, hey, we might be being watched. People would eventually learn that, hey, there's cameras here and you can put the cameras up and patrol more, quote, patrol more area. What's interesting about the speed camera program that is proposed in California, it's not going to be run by the police. It's going to be run by the city's transportation department. I think really puts a little bit of confusion. Now it's not the police doing the revenue generating. Now it's the transportation department doing the revenue. So I guess we're helping the transportation department's budgets. I'm going to jump in here because a couple things. Number one, going back to what you were saying, you know, I guess I'm looking at this in, you know, California's idea of using traffic cameras is to get people to slow down to reduce pedestrian fatalities, whatever. I guess the way I'm looking, there might be a sign up that says, oh, traffic camera, speed camera use. There might be, you know, your GPS or your ways. And when we get to that point, then it is likely that people will be slowing down. But number one, it's going to take a while to get there. So is it effective in the short term to get people to slow down? Number two, going back to your point of the police car sitting on the side of the road and people slamming on the brakes, once GPS and Waze and all that has this programmed in and, you know, just like, you know, my GPS right now, speed trap ahead uh, when, you know, people report that there's a cop. As soon as GPS and Waze and all those programs have this in where it's going to notify you that there is a traffic camera, a speed camera in use, the same thing's going to happen. People are going to speed until they get to that warning, and then they're going to immediately slow down, which is going to cause the same effect you talked about, John. People are just going to immediately go, whoop, I better slow down, hit my brakes, bring it down to the speed limit, and go through the zone that's using the speed. And then once they believe they're clear, they're going to keep going. So... I think it comes down to, as well, not only the way they're going to use the can, but kind of how our judicial system is going to allow it. Because most states, and and you read off the list, and we're going to post the other list uh, in the show notes, typically in American law, you have to be made aware of what's going on. You can't be trapped, right? There's the entrapment. And so you have to know that the cameras are in use for them to be able to use them. 
So I don't see where maybe in in the the like short term when it's they're getting installed and people aren't familiar yet with where things are, they might slow down. But once everybody figures out where these cameras are, they're notified where the cameras. It's going to have the same effect as a police officer sitting on the side of the road. People are going to speed. They're going to get to the point where they know the camera is. They're going to hit their brakes, slow down, go through that zone. And then speed back up. That's kind of one of those, or one of the things that I I, I was thinking about uh, and and wanted to talk about. But the other thing is, you know, what's well, a couple things because I did not realize that it, it was not law enforcement in California that was going to be uh, using these cameras, and it's the transportation department. That's going to be an interesting one to see go to the Supreme Court because I doubt. The Supreme Court is going to allow anyone other than a trained professional law enforcement officer to uh, write citations in this country. I don't think they're going to be like, oh, yeah, your transportation department wants to give people tickets. Yeah, feel free to do that. But also, I think it comes down to what's the penalty? What is the penalty of these camps? Because that's that's what's going to make people. I'll defend the GPS warning of the traffic cameras. The thing is when GPS warns you of the traffic cameras, it's going to warn everybody. So it's not that all of a sudden surprise slow down, but not everyone. That, runs that's GPS a feeling jump. on that. What I find. Well, and also who's to say the cameras can't become mobile. Why can't they be on the little, you know, we have the little speed limit, you know, signs you are going this fast. Why can't the cameras just be put on those? So that this, the municipalities can move around. I could see that becoming part of that. So we don't necessarily know where the cameras are all the time. Well, yeah, we do because it's the same way. It's the same way the GPS knows where the police are. People reported in right ways. That's what you do on ways. You, you get on there and you warn everybody that there's an off, you know, there's a speed trap right here. So as soon as somebody knows where they're going to just put it into the GPS or, or ways and, and it's going to update and everybody using is going to see it. I guess that'll reverse or kind of go back. On the interstate, yes, but do, how often do you use Waze driving or you know where you're going? Usually? Okay, fair, 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 um, fair debate point. Thank you. But what really, you mentioned entrapment. What entrapping can be done by the city transportation department? And I believe the city transportation department could be legislated into being able to issue fines because you could cl- like classify it kind of as code enforcement. I mean, if you hang gutters on your house and you don't get a building permit, the building inspectors or, you know, the permitting department can give you a ticket or a fine, levy a fine against for failing to get a permit. And I think that's where that's going to fall into the police or city's transportation. It's to me, it's not necessarily enforcing a law. It's compliance with a city ordinance. You make your speed, the city, the speed limits become an ordinance. It is an ordinance that you have to, you know, 35 miles an hour in this area. Now the city transportation department, and it's not a fine. They call it a penalty. It gets back into, I want to say in the debate for Obamacare, is it a tax or isn't it? You know, that all gets, we're getting into the weeds politically, but I think they can write the laws around. Yes, somebody's going to run this up to a Supreme Court. We're going to find out what happens. I will say that that's interesting, John. I had not thought of it in that manner where you turn it into a city ordinance like, you know, your your building departments and stuff like that. And and that's that's actually a very interesting take on it. That that and it would you know it would go up to the Supreme Court, but it's it's an interesting 
and they're not making it criminal. Is the This is the really interesting thing, and this is what got me to dive down and read a little bit more into it. If you are caught violating this speed ordinance, you get no points on your license. And that's what people are afraid of. Paying a speeding ticket doesn't matter to most people. Paying the increased insurance rates for the next six years is what upsets me. I started out the show with was up, was up, was up. And I was alluding to another podcaster who actually is sponsored by one of these tickets. And they talk about that it's a revenue generator. It makes money for the city. It makes money for the insurance companies. It puts you down the spiral that all you do is hemorrhage money for five years after a speeding and a speeding fine. But they're doing a penalty where they're not attributing it to your driving record. So it doesn't affect your insurance. All it does is put a financial deterrent for you to exp- you know, excessively speed or violate this ordinance. And the money's going to a different department, the police department. It's pretty interesting to see how the police departments actually react to that if they start losing money from speeding ticket. But California has also been a key. Since COVID, they don't patrol. They don't have as many speed traps out there, etc. Plus, it's also extremely dangerous for officers anymore with the risk of a high-speed chase, with the risk of a traffic stop and guns getting pulled and things like that. There's a lot of... A lot of factors that go into traffic stops. That's why people don't get pulled over for headlights out and stuff anymore. Is it worth getting shot over pulling somebody over because they're headlight? Let me just go through what these proposed fines are. And then you decide how much you want to be upset about these. This is kind of, this is borderline laughable. Under AB 645, your penalties are 11 to 15 miles per hour, which means if the speed limit's 35, you can go 45 and not worry about the ticketing. Allows for your speedometer errors, all that, you know, everybody. But it's 50 bucks. Now send them a, get a ticket for going 47 and a 35, $50, mail your check off. 16 to 25 miles per hour, 100 bucks. I live in Alabama, and there's a lot of other states similar. That if I go more than 20 miles an hour over the speed limit, it's a felony. It's reckless driving. Here in California, it's a $100 penalty for going 25 miles an hour over this. That, like I say, is kind of laughable. And I wonder if there's any correlation. Why is it reckless driving in Alabama and it's 100 bucks with no points on my license in California, a more populous, busy state? 26 miles an hour or more over the speed limit is 200 and actually, this is a lie. It's 26 miles an hour. No, actually, it's hard to say, but 26 miles an hour or more over the speed limit is a 200. See, that's at 26 miles an hour, 30 miles an hour in Alabama. That's go directly to jail. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. And here it's only a 200. And the really laughable one, considering the amount of money in California, I know the Writers Guild strike was just settled. And I don't know what they agreed to financially, but minimum wage for a television writer, I was told by a former television writer, uh, used to write for uh, Third Rock from the Sun and that, $3,500 a week. Seems like a lot of money most places except San Francisco. But either way, driving at a speed of 100 miles an hour or more, $500 fine. You know, I said to Derek before the show and that, I know people who would just send the state a check, you know, for five grand a month and just figure, oh, so what? You know, that's 
that's not even the payment on a Lamborghini fighting. So I don't even see that. For, for the guys that want to be super speeders, that's not even a, a laughable thing. You know, it's like what I want to say, an easy pass. See, but I go by, it's just a $500 every time I go by a speed camp, a hundred. Yeah. Yeah. But see, that's that. And that's again, going back to whether or not this is going to be able to be implemented when somebody decides to take it to court and, and take it up through the, the judicial system. The reason that all they can do is have these laughable fines is because they're doing it through a city transportation department. You can't you can't make the the way this is being done, you can't make over 20 mile an hour criminal speeding a, a felony offense because law enforcement's not doing this. It's a city transportation department. And now could the fines be higher? Yes. But you're still never going to be able to give the you know have the criminal speeding uh, part behind it. I'm kind of good without the criminal part. I just think the fines need less laughable. But there's also something about the fines where they're at. If I'm a guy who, say, say has my Lamborghini, Ferrari, um, Hellcat, and I got a hundred grand into my car, I'm a busy, busy guy, and it's 500 bucks for that 112 mile an hour, or not that 112 mile an hour infraction. Is it worth me calling my lawyer who's going to charge me in California 500 bucks an hour to get me out of that ticket and run it up to the Supreme Court? Or is it just worth me paying? I think part of the reason of these fines is to maybe help tier the number of people that take it to court. But there's going to be the lawyers that just go after this without a client. So they make a name. That's that's what happens yeah. in the U.S. There's going to be a group of lawyers that is like, this is unconstitutional and we're going to stand up for your rights, California. And they'll just go at it. and They get to you know their law firm. So I think the trick isn't I think it needs to be tiered because they're trying to reduce traffic uh, pedestrian deaths. Right. So this what it needs, how it actually needs to be applied, because it's it's more likely that a pedestrian death is going to happen in a residential, right? So residential areas have slower speed limit, typically 25 to 35 mile an hour, correct? Yes. Uh, so really, I think the way it should be is, so in a, in a 25, you're less likely to go 20 to 30 miles an hour over the speed limit. Now, are there people that do? Yes. There are, but it's more likely that you're going to be at that first range, 11 to 25 or whatever it was. That's going to be where most people are creating the infraction. So in all honesty, that should have the heaviest penalty because it's going to be in the slower zones that pedestrian deaths are occurring. Or it should be or it should be tiered to where if you are in a 25, you're going this fast. You know, it, it, it could also be broken down by the speed, but just a blanket policy is it's not going to be effective, especially with the laughable fines. Like you follow me? No, oh, I follow completely what you say. Don't follow me because I'm speeding. <laughs> They're also saying that the violations, since they are not making and not attributing points, they are to the registered driver or registered owner, not necessarily the person. Sweet. I'm moving to California and registering somebody else. <laughs> Well, they also say that the bill goes on to instead of paying the fine, they will communities have the ability to request community service to satisfy them. I guess you've got a fifty dollar fine, you give them three hours. 
Well, it's California, minimum wage, given 16. So yeah, there's an interesting question. Well, also, you know, what are they going to do if you don't pay your fine? Just keep sending bills and eventually the city has to take you to court. Well, I think just like, again, if we look at it as a city ordinance, if you have these penalties and say you don't respond to a violation of not getting a permit or paying your uh, property taxes, say even your HOA dues, at some point the city would be able to repossess your vehicle. No, yeah. You know, they'd be able to. Hey, the, the, this this amount of money is owed to the city. I mean, they kind of do it with parking tickets, which is, yes, again, a parking ticket, not a gonna say penalty, not a parking penalty. But yeah, I would see that infractions for not paying these come to repossessing your vehicle, suspending, having your dry, or having your registration suspended, having other, you know, other assets confiscated. So I think that I think municipalities do have a repercussion and potentially even more so than the police give you a ticket, your driver's license gets suspended. Now you physically have to be caught. Your license plate gets suspended. Any of these license plate readers, which are everywhere, is going to be able to pick up that, you know, that infraction. And now your civil penalty has now become a moving violation, something that is more substantial. Just an interesting, I think, overall conversation and thought process. It's the penalties are different than what's been done in the past. The enforcement's different than what's been done in the past. They have a lot of things that cite why this is a good thing. You know, 30% drops in speeding violation. This system works in Europe most of the, it seems most of the time. And I think I read a 60 or 70% of residents of the EU are in favor of their speed. Camp. Yes. The United States isn't like the EU. There was a, you know, a little scuffle in the late 1700s over some of our disagreements. I just, like I said, it's, it's an interesting thing. It's an interesting angle. It's California doing it. And if California does it and gets away with it and gets through their Supreme courts and this works, what happens in California always trickles, you know, eastward. It's the only time that it seems in the world things don't go east to west. Unless it ha if it happens in California, it goes west to east. But as the world powers move, they always go to the west as, uh, I guess, weather formations come. Yeah, the, the jet stream goes west to east. That's the problem. So things from California just blow back. but Exactly. But you know, the world rotates east to west. and So I guess maybe it's not so on. But I'm talking or geography. I don't know where to go from that other than say we're letting you know it's on the books. I'd love to hear some responses, the thoughts, a little bit of debate. I'll go ahead and maybe put a couple social media posts up about this and see what people think. What I think is we just need to slow down and think about what we're doing. No, we had a second part of this, but I don't think we have time to get to it. We'll save it for Very next interesting. week. We'll save it for the next conversation. Derek, do you have any closing thoughts, statements? Didn't I just make them? I told people to slow down, think about what you're doing while you're driving. Isn't that? Oh, I was just making sure those were your closing statement. Oh, okay. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't really go over. We just jumped right into stuff today. We didn't go over how, uh, how each other are doing and what we've been up to lately. That's 
kind of kind of disappointing. I'm all excited over here about some stuff, and you're just like, let's talk about traffic cameras. What you got going on, Derek? Nothing. No. <laughs> uh, no, I'm finally, John, I'm finally getting the driveway to my barn put in. I'm going to actually be able to use uh, my barn more effectively for my projects, for some side work projects. It's it's awesome. I am stoked. Is it like concrete driveway, black asphalt, gravel? or? Yeah, yeah gravel. Gravel. So I've got uh, coming into my house, I've got from the road about half my driveway up is is gravel. I'll call it the historic gravel portion of the driveway. And then at some point they did pour some concrete up by the garage uh, that is existing for, you know, to park cars on and just have concrete pad to, to park cars on. So I'm making everything from the concrete pad around the garage back to the barn uh, gravel that matches the, the front half of a so. Yeah, trying to keep a, a more historical. I'm not a big fan of giant giant areas of concrete, so I like the uh, old school gravel. I just kind of curious. It, it matches. It matches better with the cars, you know. Well, everything's about the same for me. Sounds exciting. I feel like I should be buying a new car, but to keep looking and stones a light. I even went and looked at the Bronco Heritage, which everybody seems to be talking about, which is still way too expensive. And I was kind of thinking it would be like a Heritage paint scheme and stuff a lot of electric car news i'm trying to avoid to get electric we'll have one big electric but with that i think i'm going to give you a, a nice salutation closing thank you for the show today derek and for all you listeners get off your ass go burn some gas i'm out of here this show was a part of the no driving gloves network produced and edited by john viviani of magic city podcast work by Gary Conger. So until the next exit.